I will be performing at Believe Hall on May 19th in Atlanta, Georgia. And I would love to know who will be able to come out and support me. Tickets are going to be $25 and I have to sell a certain amount to be able to keep my spot. If I don't, then I lose out on uh, the deposit that I made. (laughs) This is different from Afton, but please let me know. Or even if you could just buy a ticket to support, that would be greatly appreciated. Once I hit a certain number of ticket sales, I will be able to get paid from the show and reimbursed for my um, deposit and all of that good stuff. So I will leave a link after I post this on Spotify and YouTube um, to get those tickets. This is called Mini Fest, and it's going to be, I have a 9.45 p.m. slot for 15 minutes at Believe Hall in Atlanta, Georgia on the 19th of May. I believe that falls on a Thursday. So if y'all could support me, that would be amazing. Uh, It's enough time out where everybody should be able to allocate the funds to come out. And it would just be dope to see who all supports me or soul crushing if I don't have a lot of people to support me. (laughs) There are a few things we could talk about today in Lex Chat. Lex Chat. Sorry, I have Invisaligns now and it makes me, I have like a little bit of a a lisp when I speak sometimes because these things are in. Benjamin Button says, you so fine. It has been a while. Thank you, Benjamin Button. Yeah, I had um, a couple episodes, like the last two weeks were pre-recorded episodes from like months ago um, that I finally decided to put out because I just wasn't feeling like recording the past couple of weeks for Lex Chat. Um, And I'm actually, if anyone follows the Spotify or the YouTube, you would know that I usually do this on 8 a.m. Monday morning, like as far as having it become public. Um, But obviously I missed that deadline for today because I didn't record anything over the weekend for Lex Chat. So yeah, just, uh, hmm. I guess while everyone is checking in, let me know what you all want to talk about other than If y'all want to focus on this Will Smith thing that literally everyone is talking about, or if I should go with the other topic that I've been thinking of, which is uh, stems from an experience that I had um, auditioning for a new job, basically. So yeah, let me know which one of those we should chat about. But until then, let's get the Lex check going Um, today. Today, I submitted my final exam for my nutritionist certification. What's up, Dan? Welcome to Lex Chat. Today, I submitted my final exam for my nutritionist certification, which after that comes back, it was open exam, open book exam, um, and I could take as much time as I needed. It took me about three days to get this done, three or four days. And there were 100 multiple choice questions and six essay questions. I haven't written an essay in years, y'all. I know I write songs all the time, but sitting down and doing an essay, man, I didn't even have to do like five paragraph fully formed essay. It just had to be informed responses. And like I said, it was open books, so it was real easy. And I don't have to take a national certification Um, like I did with the personal training. 
So, yeah, I will know if I passed in seven to 10 business days. So I'm very excited about that. And all right, so official Mr. Flat Shoals says, let's talk about the job audition. Okay, I like that. Who else? Who else would like to? Because that's that's what we're going to run with after this Lex check. Who else would like to would like me to get into the Lex chat based off of my job audition from this weekend? Um, either that or Will Smith. I don't know if y'all already Will Smith out. I woke up at four o'clock for no reason this morning. Um, I went to bed really early last night, earlier than I typically would. Oh, congrats. Benjamin Button says congrats. Thank you very much. Congrats on the um, nutritionist certification. Um, yeah, I woke up randomly at four o'clock this morning and I have a bad habit of just looking at my phone whenever, just out of habit, looking at Instagram specifically. And so I'm looking, it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm basically scrolling for 30 minutes looking at what happened at the Oscars with Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Um, my quick little take on that. Of course, I don't condone violence, but I understand why it happened. I understand why it happened. And I've heard a bunch of different commentary on it by now because these gossipers and these YouTubers and Instagram, the internet, everyone is so fast with their reaction time. So literally everybody has something to say probably within four hours of it actually happening. Um, so yeah, my thoughts on it. We don't condone violence, but I understand why Will had a breaking point. Um, excuse me. He's been dealing with a lot of criticism the past few years as it pertains to his wife and his marriage and people saying how weak he looks because of what he's going through in the public eye. Yada, yada, yada. Um, he just got tired and that's very relatable. I see a lot of people, honestly, mostly white people, saying, oh, I've lost all respect for Will Smith. Whatever. The man is a human. He reacted in not the best way. But when it comes to this entertainment industry, your life is heavily scrutinized from a very small amount of context that you give the public. In their case, they gave a lot of context to their relationship um, through the Red Table Talks and what they chose to share publicly open themselves up for public scrutiny. And this might be another caution to people of maybe why you shouldn't open up your marriage um, as far as telling people your business publicly, but also maybe why you shouldn't sexually open up your marriage. So I don't know. That's also how I took it because I'm I'd be thinking about relationships and stuff like that. And that was um, another take that some other gossiper and YouTuber talked about. Like, this is what happens when you open up your marriage, whether you open it up publicly for scrutiny or whether you are literally having an open relationship and allowing different energies and different people into your relationship. This is what happens. Is it really sustainable? It's embarrassing, I guess, when everybody finds out your business in such a way, but whatever. Greg Key says, 2016, Chris Rock did the same thing about Jada boycotting the Oscars. The black woman is the most disrespected entity on the planet. I'm team well on this. Protect your family. Yeah, I agree. It, uh, 
we don't condone violence, but I definitely understand why it happened. I think Chris Rock is okay. He'll be fine. <laughs> um, Will Smith, he's dealing with a lot that he's not saying publicly. He's maybe been trying to look strong and look calm, cool, collected in public, but all that criticism and everybody having something to say and what they're saying or what they have said about him, it's hurtful. So he reacted, he responded. Benjamin Button says he, as in Chris Rock, is gonna have a lot of material after this. I heard he's about to go on tour. On the other hand, Chris Rock handled the incident well. On the other hand, Chris Rock is one of, he's like the Beyonce of comedy right now. When Beyonce falls during a concert or gets her hair stuck in a fan, she keeps singing, she keeps going. When Chris Rock gets slapped on a public stage, he keeps going. The awards show went on and the nominees for best documentary are, let's run them, <laughs> like yo. So yeah, he's, he's extremely professional the way he handled it. And I think the funniest thing that I've been seeing from these gossipers <laughs> and YouTubers, I wonder, I kind of wish he would have took the opportunity to do this, but it probably would have ended even worse than a slap. But people were like, Chris Rock should have came back and said, damn, I'm gonna feel that slap till August. Terrible, terrible. But that would have been hilarious. But it also would have been rubbing salt in the wound probably. And who knows how Will would have reacted to that. But hey, and it's in front of all these people live. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I understand why Will reacted the way he did. So I don't cancel him. I still love Will Smith. I hope he keeps his Oscar. I hope they don't take it away from him because I heard that it's been 16 years since a black male actor has won anything in the Oscars. So I hope they don't take it away from him because that would be very unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I'm team Will as well. I understand, I understand. And Chris Rock, you just got new material. I think everybody's gonna be fine. Um, and I hope that people don't think that, I hope comedy doesn't come under attack for this incident. That's the other thing I will say that I worry about. We do have free speech, yes, but there are also consequences depending on what you choose to do. But I hope people um, don't try to censor comedians because of something like this. He has the right to make a joke. You have the right to not think it's funny. Official Mr. Flat Shoals 74 says, speaking of tour, he's coming to the Fox in July. Oh, that's perfect. That is perfect. Oh, the Fox. I would have loved to have seen Dave Chappelle when he came. I think I missed Cat Williams. And I would love to see Eddie Griffin in in show. Chris Rock as well. He's a legend, a living legend. Um, so yeah, that's my short take on uh, what happened with that. I don't really read much into it. Um, even though I follow a lot of gossip, I'm not really one to share. Um too much of my personal opinion on things. And uh, I understand more and more, and this is a great example for people in the entertainment industry especially, I understand Beyonce more and more for why she keeps her life so private and why she doesn't, why she makes sure she tailors um, what is released to the public about what she's going through, about what her family's going through. So, 
I need to take a page from Beyonce's book when it comes to how she handles the public. She don't let people in her business. And the Smiths let us into their business and that opened up the door for scrutiny from everybody. And it's been hard for them to handle the uh, all the jokes and everything that people had to say about them. So yeah, it's a great lesson for people in the entertainment industry or anyone who is interested in being in entertainment. You gotta put up with a lot of criticism. You gotta put up with a lot of backlash, a lot of jokes, a lot of hurtful things being said, and you gotta take the high road. You gotta take the high road because now his Oscar may be in jeopardy. I hope not. I really hope not. But yeah. Um, so what else is going on with Lexi? I have decided. Oh, I never took the Africa trip. Um, I was considered for the trip last minute, like a month before the trip was to uh, happen. A month before the show was to take place in Sierra, in Sierra Leone in Africa. Um, with Big Hooks, who I've done a couple of songs with, No Love and Long Gone. <clears throat> um, I ended up not going because it would not have been financially responsible for me to go. The ticket was like 1500 and he wasn't going to be able to help me pay for it for real because he was having issues at home or whatever. Um, so I ended up putting it on my credit card, but I realized that wasn't smart. I just really wanted to go to Africa and I thought it would have been the perfect opportunity to go with people that I know. But yeah, um, I didn't have anyone to watch my kitty cat and it would have been expensive to put her into a boarding situation. And then I still needed to have spending money for the trip and I just wasn't financially prepared to spend that much on something that I wasn't originally invited to. You know what I mean? So. That trip never happened, so that kind of got me down a little bit. Um, but it's cool. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, if y'all have kind of been watching my social media the couple, past couple of weeks, um, you kind of know that I've been struggling with feeling like I'm being overworked and feeling like I'm I'm still not doing a good job of keeping balance, uh, work and and home balance, I guess you could say. Um, it's kind of hard when the thing that I do for fun is also the thing that pays my bills, but it's only fun when I'm the one writing songs for myself or when I'm in the studio rocking out with people because I want to be there and we just want to see what we come up with. It's much different when my bills are on the line and stuff like that. So I've been I've been feeling a little uh, overworked with that and trying to figure out when I can take a trip for myself. It might be in May. Um, also in other news, I will put out the interview I did with Game Changers Radio probably next week, maybe. Um, and let's see. Um, May 6th is when that SEMA TV thing is going to air. So I went to Columbus, Georgia a couple of weeks ago to do a pre-recorded performance for SEMA TV, which is a woman-founded streaming service. Um, and you can go to SEMA TV, the number one.com, I believe, to tune into their um, 
to sign up for their streaming. But they had a global women's conference, a virtual women's conference, and I was one of the performers that performed for the virtual conference. That's going to air on May 6th. You can go to SEMA TV. Um, I forget their handle, so sorry. Um, you can go to their page, click on their link, and figure out how to get tickets for the Global Women's Conference. So that's exciting. Um, I think I'll be featured on a couple of TV shows on, the on that network as well. There's one they're doing. It's like, what's the tea with these two beauty influencers that I did an interview with in Columbus. Um, I don't remember the name of their shop, but please forgive me. And also Infamous Inc. In which um, people get tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. I'm, I would do piercings more than I would tattoos. I actually got my nipples pierced when I went there. Yeah. So that was fun. They're not going to show that on TV, obviously, but they might show my facial expressions. Um, really excited about it. This is actually my second time getting them pierced. The first time something happened with one of them, I took it out and the, the hole closed up. I was really hurt about it. But these are so much cuter. And the way that the girl did it, she just did it better than whoever did them before. Because they were sore for maybe a day or two. Um, but yeah, they feel great. I don't have any issues. I don't think the first guy went deep enough when he did that. Like low enough underneath the... But I'm not going to get into it because that might be too much information. But yeah. So other than that mental health is getting better um as i find things that i can do outside of the studio i think what depresses me a lot of times is i want to go do things outside of the studio but most everyone that i relate to we're always all in the studio and um there's even been like i've, I've been in situations before too where like some guys that I may have worked with, they'll be interested in meeting up outside of the studio. Well, they'll be interested in me, but then they never take me outside of the studio. And that's that's been hurtful before and caused a few insecurities before. But um, to get back to the point of, it can be very depressing to always be in the studio. Just for the simple fact that you go in when there's sunshine outside and you come out and it's dark and you've been locked in a dark room for hours, probably all day, not really eating, not really drinking, just really laser focused in on creating something, which can be really beautiful, but it's very depressing if that's literally all you do. And as I've said before, it's important to go out and make sure you're living life so that you even have material to write about in the first place, right? Because there's only so much believability you can get from writing a song from imagination unless you're just really good at conveying such emotions through a song. But uh, yeah, it's my belief that we do have to continue to live life and the art will be a reflection of what we go through or what we observe. So it, it can be really depressing for me always being in the studio and wanting to hang out with people outside of the studio. But certain studio friends that I have, they'll never leave the studio because we gotta be at the studio to pay our bills. <laughs> and so, it, it gives me issues with, you know, making friends because not everyone who works in the studio is going to be willing to say no because you don't know if people have fulfilled their quota or not for how much money they need to make to be able to pay their bills. Right. Um, so I can't necessarily fault people for that. But 
it's just I think part of it is I probably need to find friends outside of music as well who probably have a little bit more of a normal life and schedule um, so that when I want to go out and do stuff, I don't always have to do stuff alone. But I also have to do a better job of letting people know, hey, would you like to hang out on such and such day? And seeing who would actually take the time to hang out with me. Um, so yeah, I've resorted to once a week to helping my mental health. Um, saying no to sessions on Sunday mornings to go to the park and just walk, be in the sun. Um, the past few times, I, the past few weeks, I should say, I've walked a mile or two and then I had a book with me, read my book next to the river line. It was beautiful, it was gorgeous. Kicked my shoes off, I did some stretching. So I did yoga by the river. It was really nice. I needed that connection with nature. And I needed that time away from a computer screen and away from a phone screen. Because I think the actual technology of staring into these devices all the time, that causes a lot of depression and mental issues as well. Aside from being on social media and comparing yourself to what you see on social media, right? So it's been really good for me. And it's something that I'm going to do weekly, that I plan on doing weekly anyway. Um, did that at Piedmont Park yesterday. Piedmont Park is such a vibe. It is such a vibe. And I parked by my old gym, Team Octopus, um, and walked up to Piedmont, found a nice spot, laid out in the grass, laid out in the sun, read my chapter. I'm currently reading A Pimp by Iceberg Slim. I would show you the cover, but it's in my car. It stays in my car for now. I might move it to my backpack because I always have my backpack with me. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, and I'm, what I want to do as well, eventually, I want to get back into group workouts because I used to teach kickboxing, right? Um, and I want to get back into teaching groups. And since I have my um, personal training certification and now I'm getting my nutritionist certification, I would really love to do like an artist boot camp, maybe just once a month um, or just a boot camp for people who are in music because it's unhealthy, honestly, to have to sit for such long periods of time. It puts a lot of stress and pressure on your spine because all of that weight is crushing to the bottom of your spine. It's actually healthier to be laying down because you're evenly distributing the weight and pressure along your bones. Um, yeah, so anyway, thinking about doing that, I just got to put together a workout and make it like artist friendly and address things that people who are always sitting in front of a computer screen would possibly be dealing with body wise. And I think that would be really beneficial. So if anyone is in Atlanta, um, that will be a thing since it's getting hotter and it was beautiful yesterday the only thing that made it cold is that the wind was blowing so much but yeah that's what's going on with me um lastly i will be performing at believe hall on may 19th in atlanta georgia and i would love to know who will be able to come out and support me tickets are going to be 25 dollars 
and I have to sell a certain amount to be able to keep my spot. If I don't, then I lose out on uh, the deposit that I made. <laughs> this is different from Afton, but please let me know. Or even if you could just buy a ticket to support, that would be greatly appreciated. Once I hit a certain number of ticket sales, I'll be able to get paid from the show and reimbursed for my um, deposit and all of that good stuff. So I will leave a link after I post this on Spotify and YouTube um, to get those tickets. This is called Mini Fest and it's gonna be, I have a 9.45 p.m. slot for 15 minutes at Believe Hall in Atlanta, Georgia on the 19th of May. I believe that falls on a Thursday. So if y'all could support me, that would be amazing. Uh, it's enough time out where everybody should be able to allocate the funds to come out. And it would just be dope to see who all supports me or soul crushing if I don't have a lot of people to support me. <laughs> but anyway, official Mr. Flat Shoals 74 says, no life experiences, no art. We all know the best material comes from your own experiences. I'm definitely coming to that show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And since you're coming to the show, right, let me know what song or songs you would like to hear in the lineup, because I do want to do a mashup. I don't want to just perform three full songs, three or four full songs. You know what I mean? I would love to actually practice. Um, I would love to actually put together a mashup and practice a routine and all of that. So let me know what song you would like to hear at that performance on the 19th of May. And um, I will send... Once I get my link squared away, I'll send you a link to be able to buy a ticket. So let's get into the Lex chat right after these messages. Let's get into the topic for Lex Chat today. Now, we talked about it on live and everybody agreed that we should talk about the job audition that I had over the past weekend. So, as a result of me trying to find more balance in my life, I wondered if part of me feeling mentally exhausted and even on the brink of depression, I wondered if that was linked to me always being in the studio so I was thinking of ways for me to balance out what I devote a majority of my time to. Maybe I just need to offset my finances instead of having to rely completely on engineering. Maybe try to get back to working into the clubs, but without going back to dancing. Although I'm still seriously considering going back to dancing because I actually want to put my pole skills to work and see what happens. And I, it's easy money. I did it before. It's really easy money. Um, but yeah, so in thinking about that, I thought, what if I go for a job, but let me do it kind of in an environment that's kind of familiar, but that I also know is easy money. Now, the position that I was applying for is bottle girl slash server. Um, and then when I got there, they told me they might want me to be a greeter to seat people. Um, <laughs> They might want me to be a greeter to seat people. So uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say which club bar lounge it was, but yeah, so I get there and 
I want to talk about some game that I got put onto and something that I feel really unfortunate for artists about. And I'm going to do a different video on this and I'll probably get back into doing like official YouTube videos, like official YouTube tips and tutorials because um, I've been doing Lex Chat. Just this is all I've been doing, right? But this club allows for artists to perform, but I don't know that it was necessarily advertised that this was specifically an open mic or showcase night for artists. There were two or three artists who actually signed up and it costs $50 to perform at this event, at this location. The artists have to get there at nine o'clock, but these dudes who signed up, they didn't go on until 1 a.m. in the morning. If I was an artist, I would be pissed. And the reason why they didn't go on until one is because the people who were in charge of, you know, signing the artists up and getting them on stage, they were expecting the crowd to be bigger around 1230, one o'clock. Um, I know if I were those artists, I would be very upset having to wait four hours to get on stage. Nine, 10, 11, 12, one. Yeah, I would have been very upset to wait four hours to get up on stage for one song. If you paid more money, you could do two songs. I forget how much they charge for someone to be able to do two songs, but one song was $50 and you had to sit and wait for an hour, uh, for four hours to get up on stage. And it just reminded me of how predatory a lot of places can be. And I wanna use this kind of as like a cautionary tale to artists that you really have to be careful of some of the ways that people are going to try to get money out of you. Now, <laughs> pursuing music is already an extremely expensive career path, expensive choice, because there are so many things that go into it from the recording, mixing, mastering aspect. If you're not good at writing songs, you might be paying for songwriters and you're probably and you're going to be paying for production from producers to get like instrumentals and beats from. So before you even release any of your music, it can be very pricey. And then you get into releasing the music. Pricing of distribution is not that bad with sites like CD Baby, United Masters, DistroKid and TuneCore. It's really not that bad, um, but it can be expensive when, you know, it's really a game of advertising and marketing when it comes to music. So after you get the song, after you distribute the song, you got to follow it up with a visual, with something tangible that people can see or people can feel. So that's either CDs, if that were a thing, vinyls are making a comeback, but most people got to follow up with a music video. That's becoming very expensive. These niggas out here in Atlanta are really starting to tax too because and for simple ass videos, like they are really hiking their prices up around here. Same thing with the hairstylists out here. And if you are a, a woman who is an entertainer, it's even more expensive for us because we have to worry. Everyone, every artist, every entertainer should worry about their appearance. But women have to worry about their appearance more so than our male counterparts in the entertainment industry. So we got to make sure the outfit is together. The image got to be right. You might have to take pictures and uh, hire a photographer to take pictures like stock pictures that you can use to put your image on flyers on a bunch of different flyers that's easily like photoshopped you know 
But yeah, wardrobe, hair, makeup, um, jewelry, maybe. And then once you get into actually marketing your material, you're paying for advertisements through Google ads, through social media, through Facebook, through internet ads. And then you get into the other part of it, which is the live performance aspect, right? Now, when it comes to these newer artists, I felt so bad that night at the club because like I said, these guys showed up at nine o'clock and they had to pay $50 to perform one song in front of a thin ass crowd because it was not busy for some reason. I don't know if that's the typical traffic that they get at this location. I've seen pictures where it's like a packed out house. And I just wonder why it wasn't full that night because it was a Friday night. I don't know. Um, but I felt bad because and they showed up in a Maserati, too. I don't know if that's their Maserati or if they rented it so they could pull up to look cool. But that's another expense that artists go through to try to appear to look a certain way, um, which is weird to me because it was only two of y'all in the Maserati. I didn't bring your entourage. You got all that money. But don't got a, a big old support system with you. It's crazy. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah, I feel bad. I felt bad for these guys because, like I said, you got to pay $50 to get in and perform one song in front of a crowd of, like, 15 people. Um, And then they were probably told that performances would start at a certain time. But the people who organized it, you know, they kept pushing it back because there wasn't a lot of people in there. It was mostly dancers up in there, honestly. Um, not many like regular club goers. Um, so they're waiting from nine o'clock until 1 a.m. in the morning. And they paid $50 to perform in front of 10 to 15 people. And the sound system wasn't that great. Um, I personally could not hear what they were saying. There was There was one girl... The music was so loud over her voice. I think she actually took her leads out, but the music and the bass, it was probably not a well-mixed song probably, but you couldn't hear anything she said. I couldn't understand anything she was saying. And it sounded like she could actually sing. Um, other guys, one dude, I could hear him. He had his, his, his lead tracks in there, which actually helped him in this situation. Um, and then the other guy, I just... He was all up in the back performing for the dancers and for his cameraman. So he wasn't even really into the crowd. But my point in this whole conversation is I need artists to be more educated on some of the predatory tactics that a lot of places will have in place to get a money grab from artists. And it reminds me a lot of when I went out to New York and did a whole showcase um, with a legit DJ, DJ Absolute, and the prize was like, I think like $15,000 or $25,000. You had to choose between that or sitting down with some music executives. It was a cash prize or you can sit down with some music executives. And it was a it was an expensive thing. I thought it was a great opportunity because this DJ hit me up personally or he had an assistant do it. Who knows? These people be busy. But yeah, in New York, in Manhattan at Pyramid Lounge or Pyramid Club, something like that, um, which is apparently like some famous club 
that every artist goes through. But it was through a DJ. He was legit. The fee was $200 to perform. I paid that. <laughs> I paid that. Um, the flight to get to New York was like $200, $250, something like that. So that's already $400 out of pocket. And I haven't even gotten there yet. The hotel was probably like $100 to $200. Let's just say $200. Um, no, we'll say $150, something like that. So now we're looking at $550. And then when I get there, I got to take a taxi to get to the hotel, 20 to 50 bucks. I got to eat for the day, 20 to 50 bucks. Um, so in all, I probably spent like six to $700 to perform one song. And it didn't start until 10 o'clock that night. It was a Tuesday also. <laughs> I traveled by myself. And I did one song and when I got there, the event started at 10 o'clock. I didn't go on until 1 a.m. There were like 15 people before me. The club was packed out, but it was mostly packed out with other artists. Literally like everyone there was an artist to perform. So the value of sure, it, it was probably a cool networking event at that point, but there was no value as far as connecting with real fans. And this is not to say that our peers can't be real fans, but they're not typically the targeted demographic when you're going out to places like this. Um because they're going to they're there to do what you're what you do, right? So it's not really in my opinion, that's just not the goal that you come there for. You do open mics or you do performances to gain new fans, not to network with peers. That's just my take on it. But um, so yeah, I spent six to $700 to do this show just to realize that it was a glorified artist showcase that I paid $200 to be a part of. And now I'm gonna put y'all on some game. When you have to pay to play, the fee that you are paying to be a part of the showcase, especially if there's like a huge cash prize that is being advertised, right? There were 20, no, there must have been like 40 people who performed that night. And I don't have it on here. If, if there, okay, if, if there was like 40 people who, who performed, let me see how good my mental math is. 40 times $200, right? Four times two is eight. That's 40, that's two zeros. That's 8,000, 8,000? Let me double check. I'm not even confident in my answer. Hold on. 40 times $200. Okay, I was good. I was good. It's $8,000. So you got 40 people in the building performing one song. And these performances are running back to back to back from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. in the damn morning. And it's supposed to be a competition. Y'all, they got $8,000 from the artists alone. So maybe it was a $5,000 cash prize or the opportunity to speak with some music executives from Sony or Capital. I think it's Sony or Capital executives is what I think they were advertising that night. But I need artists to understand that a lot of these pay to play things 
unless it's like a festival, most of the time it does not make sense. Or unless you are competing to win something. I actually think the ones where you win some kind of studio time or some kind of cash prize, I think those would probably be worth it. Not at $200 a pop though, maybe 50 to $100 to perform because you know, that's how that's where they're sourcing the prize money from basically all these people signing up and then they are using the names of certain executives or they are using the names of these DJs. It's a cash grab, honestly, especially when I got there and when was this was I was still in school at the time because I was working at J. Alexander's if I'm not mistaken. So this must have been like 2014, 2015, 2015, 2016, something like that something like that and I went to New York and I stayed in Upper East Side Manhattan or was it Lower Manhattan I don't remember I was in Manhattan not too far from Katz which is some famous deli place but yeah it's unless there is a sensible prize it in my opinion is not worth it to pay to play um at the real eyes says it's a scam and yeah it didn't take me long to realize how predatory and how much of a scam these things are. For that particular thing that I did, there were over 40 people performing that night and each only doing one song. Everyone paid at least $200 to perform. Others probably paid more if you wanted to do more songs. And everyone involved as far as like the DJ, and whatever supposed executives put their names on it to get the money, excuse me, they were up for a cash grab, in my opinion. So it's a cautionary tale to artists that this music thing is already expensive enough. I do not think it's in your best interest to pay to play anywhere unless you're doing like a festival. And even then you have to be very careful because we have A3C out here in Atlanta. There are a lot of non-certified A3C. There are a lot of non-certified venues out here that will say they are putting on a show and that it's an A3C show. Technically, they're not lying because it's happening during A3C and they might be close to where the actual A3C festival is taking place, but they're not actually registered with the A3C. You know what I'm saying? So that's one way that they will take a grab with these artists is it'll be centered around something that legitimately does exist, but it'll legitimately exist, but it'll be a cash grab for whoever is advertising it because they'll do ridiculous things. Like somebody, somebody I thought who liked me, I thought they were inviting me to perform um, at an A3C venue, but then they hit me with the, oh, but it's $300 to perform two songs. You get, or you get 10 minutes. And that's when I was like, this is not for me. What you could make better use of with that $300 is putting it towards a photo shoot, putting it towards a video, putting it towards marketing for your music. I think it is, and like I said, unless this showcase or open mic is like, a, um, unless you're winning like studio time or you're winning a cash prize, I don't think it's worth it especially if you're spending more than a hundred dollars. I don't think it's worth it. And then you have to look at 
Where are you performing? What kind of venue is it? Is it a place that you've been to before and seen the kind of crowd that has been there? Um, or because it's important to me to have people who are gonna be there who are not artists themselves. Because like I said earlier, I don't, I don't necessarily wanna be in a room full of my peers performing. We're all trying to get the same thing. We want some attention, we want some notoriety. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be in a room full of artists performing for artists. That's just crazy to me. It's just, it's a scam. You would be better off using your money to invest in your artistry, invest in your development. Like I said, photo shoots, video shoots, marketing, um, invest in vocal lessons, invest in learning how to play an instrument, invest in, you know, merchandise creating designs or paying for your logo or paying for your trademark or paying for a website. So the basic gist of this whole thing is your money can be better spent elsewhere to benefit you. This music thing is already so expensive. What is truly, and it's an annoying answer, I know, but what is truly going to help you the most when it comes to being an artist is to build your catalog release and release music consistently try to release visuals consistently and i will say that it is okay to do open mics it might be like ten dollars to get into a place and that includes one to two free song free songs right um and that would be fine i would say do not put too much emphasis on thinking that you're going to blow up from one of these pay-to-play situations because the statistics are against you. The odds are stacked against you. Use these open mics and these showcases to practice. And this reminds me of the movie Bring It On, which is one of my favorite movies. It's a cheerleading movie from like early 2000s. I love it. But the captain of the cheer squad, what's her name? Tor. I got the door, Tor. Her name is Tor. Is it Torrance? I think so. Wow, I haven't watched it in so long. But um, what she said, because the girl Missy asked her, she was like, so what, we're doing all of this just for the games? And Tor was like, no, the games are just like a practice for us for when the real competition comes. And that's how you got to think of it with these open mics. I think there should be a space in your budget for going to these open mics and paying to get in paying to perform your songs. I would say never pay more than 100. I wouldn't even really pay more than $20, honestly, at some of these locations. Um, but I would say put into perspective that going to these open mics is more part of your marketing. Make it a part of your marketing budget to go perform at these things and use it as a practice. When you release a new song, go perform at a few different open mic and showcase spots to test it on the audience and to get up your on-stage presence and to develop your stage chops. You know what I'm saying? So you need to develop yourself as a performing artist. And you should probably decide, do I want to be just a recording artist or do I want to be a performing artist as well? And if you want to be an, art an artist that goes on tour and does shows and gets paid for that, then of course you need to practice performing and we got some comments that came in from the real eyes you do 
better. You will do better finding somebody on TikTok with a huge following and paying them to dance to your music in the background. And I would have to agree with that. And I would lump that in with, again, marketing. The Real Eyes also says you can also have your merch available for sale when you go out doing open mics. And that's something else that people don't think at. Hola, payo. Como estas? Um, I would agree with that as well. Invest in the sound of your music, which could start with vocal lessons. That's your instrument. That's the first instrument you have is your voice. Invest in vocal lessons. Invest in the recording of your music to make sure that you are recording quality sound. Make uh, Invest in songwriters and producers who are going to give you good sounding production. Um, invest in the mixing. Invest in the mastering. Uh, be careful even in those situations too because I'll be honest with you. As an engineer, sometimes I'm just there to get my money. And if you are not a serious artist... It will show in your music. It will show. You'll be too worried about chasing trends. You'll be too worried about, hey, let me sound like Lil Baby or make me sound like Future or something like that. It's very weird to me. You don't want to be yourself. But I will say be careful. You even have to be careful with engineers as well. And that's just because some people will let you come in and record crap. Matter of fact, a majority of us will depending on the kind of artist that you show us to be. Now, if you're the kind of artist that's only coming in like every four to six months and you're only booking two to three hours at a time and you never come prepared with something written or even you never even come in knowing what beat you're going to be recording to, you never even come in with an idea of what you want to talk about on a song, I can recognize that you are not, you're probably not as serious about doing this music stuff as you say you are, because if you already know you don't have the money to come in and record like that on a consistent basis, you should be maximizing the time that you're there, right? You should be coming in prepared, already knowing what you want to do. And there's so much software out right now. You can record on your phone. You can do rough drafts on your phone. I bought a laptop a used laptop with Pro Tools and Final Cut Pro and a bunch of other stuff pre-loaded onto my computer. I can do quick little references. They're not the best quality, obviously, but it's quick little references when I just want to hear how my voice sounds over a track. I can do that at home. So then when I go into the studio, I'm not taking hours to push out one mediocre song. I've already hashed it out at home a couple of times and I've already flipped around some words and decided how I want to say things, how I want to sing things and what kind of backgrounds I might want to put on the song. So it just baffles me. Um, as an engineer, we can tell when you're not serious or not as serious as you think you are as an artist, right? Um, now, some people, if you are more experienced and you come to the studio every few months, the experience will show is basically what I'm saying. But to get back to the point, you should be investing in your sound, okay? It's expensive enough being an artist, but if you're going to spend your money, spend it wisely in developing yourself as the artist, um, like I said, recording, mixing, mastering, invest in putting out visuals for yourself, invest in photo shoots for yourself, invest in marketing. You can get very far 
And I've discovered that YouTube ads are probably the most genuine um, advert form. This is probably the most genuine form of advertising that I've used for myself. And it's very cost efficient. Like it doesn't take much. I think I'll spend $10 per video, $10 for one week of promotion on a video, right? That comes out to like $2.26 per day that I'm spending. Um, and that gets me upwards of 500 views or more on my videos. And that is a way that, because music at the end of the day is really just how well you can market. It's not even going to be about your music for real. It's going to be about how often and how consistently can you keep your material in front of people up until the point to where they start to recognize you and then they start to seek you out. So like I said, invest in making sure the music is good. And then after you distribute it, invest in helping people to more easily find your music by doing things like YouTube ads. What's up, PR team? By doing things like YouTube ads, by doing things like Instagram ads, by doing things like finding um, influencers who have a real genuine following and asking them, hey, how much would it be for you to dance to my song? Or how much would it be for you to create a TikTok to my, to my material? Something like that, right? You would be spending your money far more wisely by doing that instead of going to these pay to play situations where they really don't give a damn about you as an artist. It's a money grab for them and they're capitalizing off of certain festivals and certain events that happen in big cities during certain times of the year. Um, okay, the real eyes uh, in regards to a comment I made earlier said, not only that, but you have a lot of engineers that don't know what they are doing. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. And apparently engineers who don't know what they're doing work at big name studios a lot of times. Or these big name studios will put interns on the boards who don't know what they're doing, who don't know how to record a decent sound, who don't know how to record quality sound. So you got to be very careful. You got to invest in your development as an artist, your development in your skill and in your development of the relationships that you build in finding who is worth working with, who will benefit you working with them. You know what I'm saying? So and I feel like I just spilled a lot of game that a lot of artists don't recognize. Like it's your engineer is very important. If you're going to your most expensive costs is going to be the studio and the production of your songs outside of the marketing aspect of everything. Um, official official Mr. Flatshoals 74 says, who the hell wants to sound like somebody else? You would be surprised the amount of people that come into the studio, newer rappers, the ones who I said come every few months and they're unprepared and they're freestyling everything, but they haven't developed the skill of writing a song before they jump into freestyling. You would be surprised they come in and say, put some sauce on it. Make me sound, I want to sound like Lil Baby. I want to sound like Future. And it's like, you don't want to sound like yourself. But that alludes to a deeper issue, right? You haven't been coming to the studio enough to know what your sound is. And I should say this too, right? Outside of the trademarking um, and the initial cost of recording, you have to learn the art of recording. There is an art form to how you record a song and getting used to being in a studio 
and getting used to controlling the instrument that is your voice whenever you go into the studio. So before you ever release a song, maybe even months before you release a song, you can get someone to pull it to pull the performance out of you. But you're going to be spending a lot of time getting used to being in the studio, getting used to possibly writing in the studio. And you're going to spend a lot of time just developing the art of recording because that's a whole nother struggle in itself. But if you don't invest in that part so that you can learn how to record quickly and efficiently and put on a great recorded performance, it's going to cost you the quality of your music. So the thing that I can respect with one of my clients in particular right now, we get into the studio two to five times out of the week. Lately, it's been like two to three times. He hasn't been very motivated, <laughs> um, but he's about to move into his distribution mode. So that's a whole nother, the mixing, mastering and distributing phase of his career. But we've been working for the past eight or nine months, two to five times a week, at least three to four, at least I'll say on average four or five hours per session. Now, he has the money to be able to invest in studio like that. And we've created a pretty good working relationship. Um, but the amount of progress that I hear in the music and how quickly we get through recording songs, it's a direct reflection of how much we we come in and work. Um, it gets easier because we've learned each other and then it gets easier because he understands how to record better. So when we when I brought up the whole job audition thing, it just it made me feel really bad for newer artists who come in and they don't understand that a lot of practices are very predatory in nature when it as it pertains to targeting newer artists who don't know much about industry or they don't know much about how people will try to use them for a quick buck, for a quick come up, running their pockets. Something that I understood very early is that music is a long game and it takes a lot of investment, not just in time and sacrifice, sacrificing time away from friends and family a lot of times because you're always in the studio, but it requires a lot of investment of money over the long run. And it's probably... And I just had an epiphany for myself, like I need to get back into my marketing books because I don't feel like I'm doing a good job either. There's always something I could be learning. But seeing that at the job this past weekend, I don't think I'll I don't think I'll continue either because I wasn't really trained that night. They kind of just let me walk around and do whatever and explain that to make my money, I basically got to sell tables. But that means y'all want me to bring business to y'all. I'm expecting y'all to already have a business and you need people to help manage it and service the the people that you have coming in. But that's a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, I just, they came in and they signed up at nine o'clock. They didn't perform until 1 a.m. in the morning and they paid $50 and spent four hours waiting to perform for 10 to 15 people. Half of which were dancers who were there to make their own money. So it just it just tugged on my heartstrings a little bit. 
I don't know how long these particular artists had been doing music, but honestly, it might be a good idea for me to go to this club, like keep going so I can network with the artists that they bring in so I can advertise the studio stuff to them. I don't know if I want to do that necessarily because honestly, I'm like tired of engineering at this moment. I just need a break from it, but that might be good for me. But the difference is I actually would care about developing their craft as long as they were just as caring about developing their craft. You know what I'm saying? So that is going to conclude the Lex chat for today. Let me know what your thoughts on what. Let me know what your thoughts are on this whole topic of scams in the ways that a lot of people grab money out of these newer artists. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you give me a big thumbs up. Hit the subscription button if you are watching on YouTube and hit the notification bell so you'll be notified each and every time I post new content. Also, so that I can continue to come on and be more consistent with these Lex, Lex chats and my studio tips and tutorials and so that I can honestly continue to make music, please consider going to my Patreon to support me for as little as $5 a month or you can pledge more per month if you would like to, but it's patreon.com slash LexiATL. And for as little as $5 a month, you will have access to exclusive content. You will get the full unedited versions of these Lex chats. If you miss the live version, then you just won't get to see the full thing. There's like 20, 30 minutes of extra content that the Patreons get to see. And then they've seen pictures that I've taken months ago that the, the general public still has not seen. Um, so yeah, there's just, they get first dibs on tickets and discounts on tickets when I have tickets to sell. So that's really nice, right? Um, and yeah, it, it would help out a lot if you could support me in, on that front by going to patreon.com slash LexiATL to support me as a patron so I can keep doing these things more consistently. But thank you so much for joining the conversation. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section down below. Until next time. My name is Lexi. Peace.